0: Comic News episode 139. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my magnificent co-host, Mike.
1: Damn right, I'm magnificent. And I got my background back. Background, background back. Yeah. Also, we're back with an interview this week. Mr. Ryan Hawk was going to talk about his awesome book on Indiegogo bric A brac. Go check that out. That's Star- looks awesome. Oh yeah. Star Wars, Christmas Sea, Adventure. Check that out. And then we'll have the interview a little bit. Um, I guess we just jump into the news, right? Is that what we want to do? That's a pretty heavy show, so yeah. Oh yeah, pretty heavy and pretty heavy week for news. I mean, we got the Mandalorian trailer, and I was pretty excited about the first trailer. This second trailer, dude. How much fan service is there? All of it. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic from moment one. Like it's everything I wanted out of that show. So mm-hmm. I'm super excited. We're what, like a week away from Disney Plus?
1: Can't yeah, wait. That, like, grappling hook footage and all the fighting and, like, the cantina. It's just all uh, the practical effects or, like, all the weird creatures you're going to see is what got me really excited for it. Yeah. Oh, man. It doesn't get cooler than that. And then I I think we get, oh, he's going to take the helmet off. Mm. (laughs) Who would (laughs) have thought? Yeah. So, I mean, that looks really cool. Um, The next streaming service news that we have is a little more disappointing. (laughs) <laughs> that's what this turns into. It's like, we're not even watching TV anymore. we streaming service news. Um, yep. HBO Max is getting DC shows. Uh, Berlanti, who we know um, is con- in control of the CW verse is going to bring Green Lantern and strange tales to the service. Um, I'm okay with Green Lantern, I guess, but like, just can they pick a, a service? That we're all gonna, you know, find DC shows on and not like have them on like four different services.
0: So, yeah, uh, the Green Lantern one, it's I have my ups and downs of Berlanti, so I'll give it a shot. Right. Strange Tales, I think, is a cool idea because it's gonna mm. be like an anthology, yeah, it's just gonna star Adam Strange, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, HBO Max is weird because if I remember correctly everything from disney universe or disney fucking dc universe is going to be on hbo max as well as everything on hbo go so why do we have those two services as well as this (laughs) plus they got like the the south park rights, so south park's gonna be on there it's a weird service i don't know i i'm probably gonna like sit back and wait for a month or Mm -hmm. so and see exactly what's on there before i jump in yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not buying
1: any other services until I figure out what's going on. I'm not even renewing my DC Universe one until I figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, I did the math and I was like, I pay for HBO Go and I pay for DC. So if I do jump to HBO Max and it is everything from DC Universe and HBO, then obviously I'll just cancel those two. Mm-hmm. So it, it would kind of just be a swap, but it's yeah, it's strange
1: yeah and they announced that they're the launch may 2020 with hbo max and it'll be 15 a month so
0: yeah the 15 a month is off to me yeah most of them are coming out at 6.99 7.99 i know like hulu and netflix are up that high mm-hmm. but they're also more established and have been around so right but we'll see
1: we'll yeah. see um I am enjoying Watchmen on HBO, though uh, two episodes in, and I think it's it's got my attention now. I don't know about you, but I I've liked it so far.
0: So we're on opposite ends of this because I'm not enjoying Watchmen. Not enjoying it. Why is that? Uh, well, there's multiple things here. Like first, the first episode really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because I thought it was just way too pandering. And then the second episode, uh, the ending caught my attention, mm-hmm. but i i kind of have looked at this as it didn't need to be a watchman show and that's yeah. my big problem here right. is i think that other than a few like connections mm-hmm. to the watchman universe we could have done this without the watchman license so far right now whatever's happening with who the guy who we're assuming is Osmandius is interesting i'm enjoying that part of the story mm-hmm. it's almost um, like he's trying to
1: recreate dr manhattan
0: yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. And then the but the like the main story, the A story with the the cop, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in and out of. I don't like how they treated the Rorschach clan. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know, it just it's not rubbing right with me. That said, I'm sticking with it cuz I want to know what the hell's going on. I remember watching the first episode and just thinking, "What did I just
1: watch?" Yeah, and I know so, like I I think the the interesting part to me is how they've like They've clearly made it a product of the original Watchmen book, but like, it's not held to the constraints of that story. You know what I mean? Like, it's not within continuity, but it's definitely something that's like a branch of that. And I don't know. And I don't know how that's going to resolve. Like you talked about, like from from so far the two episodes in, it doesn't need to be a Watchmen show.
0: Yeah, and they really need to prove to me why it needs to be a Watchmen show. Yeah, so. Hopefully they do that. Hopefully it turns
1: around, but I just I, I do like, I don't know if you picked up on it, the making fun of like the Zack Snyder <laughs> Watchmen in this episode um where they they do they show that like movie or the TV show playing of um uh what is that hero's name? There's a there's a movie within the show they're watching and it's like what the original Watchmen. Yeah. And he like, there's a fight scene where he, like breaks into, <laughs> breaks into just beats the shit out of the criminals. And it's like all done in slow motion and super gory. And it's like, it was felt so out of place from the show that we we're watching. That was like, um, I think, it, I, I don't know if it was a jab or almost a tribute to like Zack Snyder's watching with like every fight scene had slow-mo. Every fight scene was like focused on like the blood or something like that. Um, so I did pick up on that in the episode, but yeah. Other than that, it's like, give me more Watchmen stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah I I just, I want them to live up to the Watchmen mm-hmm. name. And that's, that's my big thing. I think if it wasn't titled Watchmen, I would enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I mean, the first episode I had a lot of issues with, but, um, but that's its biggest sin is like you named it Watchmen. So. Right show me why it has to be named Watchmen. Why yep. is the sequel to Watchmen?
1: Um, walking Dead, you still watching that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? They're still walking and they're still dead? They are. So, we got... Uh,
0: with everything going on in the community right now, they're, they focused on Negan in this episode and the daughter of, the, of Alpha. Mm-hmm. So, something happened and basically the daughter of Alpha is being picked on. She's trying to figure out her way through the community and it climaxes with um a bunch of randos trying to beat her up mm-hmm. and negan is so negan's like imprisoned, but he's allowed out once in a while and it's a weird situation if you read the comic you know kind of what they were doing there and uh negan saves her but in saving her accidentally kills somebody so there's a whole back and forth where not only are they dealing with the whispers and what's going on there, mm-hmm. but now they have this question about Negan. He's killed somebody and it's kind of his word against everybody else's. The two people that were at the attack with uh, the murdered woman are claiming that Negan and this girl attacked them and they're claiming that the others attacked them. So it's like a, a conflict of character. And yeah. it was a very interesting episode which ended with Negan disappearing and us trying to figure out where the hell Negan went and who let him loose. Mm. So I, I am still really enjoying it. It's uh it is definitely wavered a lot from what the comic did, but I'm still really glad about that. I still think it's a quality show and my only grudge here is that it's doing the classic Walking Dead thing where we lead we're just leading up slowly to a moment and um i think that they really need to hit hard on what's going on with the whispers Mm -hmm. other than that really loving the show yeah uh
1: cw i'm I'm only watching the flash because i can't have time for anything else um caught up with that this week yeah more of like barry talking about how he's got to die to save everybody and he's trying to Everybody around him isn't okay with him just giving up and uh, sacrificing himself. And there's a lot of crying and a lot of moping. Um, Cisco really wants to save him, and he's kind of pissed that, like, Barry won't let him. Um, Joe Joe, and Barry cried out for, like, five minutes. Like, ugly crying. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the... Uh, uh, I don't know what his name is. Is it hemoglobin? I don't know the... Um, the villain's name, but he's he's finally realizing that he can't just drink blood to stay alive. He needs to like infect people and drink their blood, and he basically turns them into zombies. Um, which is pretty cool. And then at the end, we see this Wells character that's shown up, um, who's like the Indiana Jones Wells that goes from like university, universe, multiverse. Needed some, uh, needed like he needed help with something, uh, and. You know, they traded help with each other between Star Labs and him, and he's looking for where the monitor is hiding out. So something's going on, and he's looking for the monitor, wants to capture the monitor. I don't know, but he has, he's definitely, um, up, I don't know if it's up to no good, but he definitely wants to talk about multiverse stuff. So that's some pretty interesting stuff happening in these episodes.
0: Nice. Uh, also, very quietly, uh, Super Dinosaur launched on amazon oh nice and i watched the first episode it's very faithful to what the comic was Mm -hmm. which is it's a kid show so um not something i'm going to watch in a regular but if you have kids it's a cool show with a dinosaur with a robot body nice so the animation is kind of it's that cg 3d animation style Mm -hmm. which for for me is a hit or miss yeah i don't like it (laughs) um but it's an enjoyable plot and show. So if you have kids, check it out.
1: Nice movie news. Um, this is pretty awesome to get. I, Sony announces they're doing a sequel to into the spider verse and it's happening April 8th, 2022 quite a ways away, but that's pretty cool, man. We're going to see more. In, I mean, it's, it's, you can do whatever with multi, it's multiverse stuff, right? So we'll get some more interesting Spider-Man characters.
0: Yeah. This is the least shocking news.
1: Yeah, the day. right. <laughs> um, and I and I think it's cool. Like they can bring in other actors besides like Nicholas Cage. Like there's going to be a lot of people that want to be in this movie. I think.
0: Yeah. Now with the success of the last one, right? And, I mean, they've done Spider Verse stuff left and right at Marvel. So there's multiple stories they can pull from, and there's so many Spider Men that they've um, done that weren't in that movie. So it's cool. I'm glad it's happening. I did enjoy the
1: first movie. So bring mm-hmm. it on. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, new Star Wars, well, new and final Star Wars trailer uh, dropped, and I bought my tickets. Good nice thing I did. I. It was almost sold out. Um, yeah, and man, we see uh, what I. I mean, we see Star Wars. <laughs> I still don't know what this movie is about. Um, no idea. It's a Star Wars trailer. It gets you hyped for Star Wars. Um, I I think the Emperor is like either floating in a chair or he's like hovering in some giant chair. He's part of a, he's got like a A ATST body or something. That'd be so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Like top half emperor, bottom half ATST legs. Um,
0: who knows? Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a good trailer. Um, it did what more people need to do with trailers, which has got me really hyped for it and didn't tell me a goddamn thing about the movie. Yeah. So, um, it's Star Wars. Of course we're excited. Of course I'm excited. I bought my tickets. I'll be there day 1. Bring on Star Wars Episode
1: 9. Mhm. And with that, we're going to jump to a Star Wars/Christmas story um with Ryan Hawk and we'll see everybody on the other side.
0: And welcome back everybody. Today we have another very special guest for you all. Welcome to the Fortress, Ryan Hawk. Welcome to the Fortress, Ryan. <laughs>
2: Thank you so
1: much. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Um, obviously, we saw your Kickstarter page, and uh, I think Chris had mentioned it to me after one of the shows. He's like, man, there's this awesome book coming out. You got to check it out. <laughs> um, it's on Indiegogo right now. We're going to talk about brick a Brac, But before that, um, we always like to get an origin story from from everyone on the show. So uh, what, what got you into comics? Have you always wanted to write a comic? Are you a writer before this? Um,
2: and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... I think what I never even considered writing before I actually got into comics or I don't know, it was something just sparked and, you know, I think some people are like, Oh, I thought of being an, uh, an artist or a writer since mm-hmm. I was born, but it kind of just happened to me. I, I, I just want, I saw books that I really, really liked. And I, you know, I was really into comics during the time. The new 52 was um, kind of ha- you know, halfway through its uh, relevancy, you know, like I would say 2014, 2013, just yep. got into that Scott Snyder, uh, not only Superman Unchained, uh, but, you know, the Court of Owls, the Death of the Family, Batman Endgame, which mm-hmm. I think is truly his best work. Um, yep. And I just really, really dug his stuff. And I saw, you know, started to read more and more. And the New 52, you know, for as much as it, uh, you know, changed a lot of things and made things way more complicated, and, and we're in a point now in the DC continuity where a lot of things don't quite make sense, especially mm-hmm. in the Superman era area. You know, and in the Batman family, too. Um, But you know what? It's okay, because I think it did bring, at least brought me to the table. I'm really happy to have just got obsessed with DC and everything DC. And, uh, you know, I just started to really admire some of the writers. I read a lot of stuff from Chuck Dixon at that point. You know, I read uh, No Man's Land, which Mm -hmm. was great. And, you know, a lot of that Batman stuff, which was really... What got me interested, and I mean, the beautiful thing about DC is they uh, include scripts and sketches. And I know that Marvel does the same thing, but right. you know, those beautiful trade paperbacks with the new 52, I think in every single one they had script samples. And mm-hmm. I used to look at those and be like, I could see myself doing this. And so, you know, I kept working at it, working at it, writing my own stories, sometimes writing Batman stories. At one point, I tried to make a Batman fan film that totally went wrong in my freshman year of high school and everyone didn't listen to me and no one listened to my direction and it was actually kind of cool cuz I, I i thought i think man bat is my favorite batman villain i oh, think yeah. he's one of the coolest and it it, it had to do with vampires and man bat and mm-hmm. kind of the connection cuz like everyone's like oh yeah man bat and batman but like man bat could all, it, it also remind you of vampires because vampires turn into bats so right. it was it was kind of a different take on that and i thought it was a cool i still think it's a cool story but you know as a freshman in high school it's not uh, possible i mean at all oh, you know, yeah. I, and i was doing it at my high school and i thought my principal would let me bring like my mini bike in the school and oh, it for like a batman oh, it, it, yeah. it wasn't gonna work and i not- noticed right at that point i'm never gonna make movies because It's just too hard. So I was like, what's the next thing? Comic books, obviously. And you can have a huge (laughs) control over everything. And you can tell exactly what you want to tell. And um, just kept working at it, uh, collaborating on short stories. uh, And now uh, getting to this point where I will, I would say that I try to knock on every door possible with DC and Marvel. I just, you know, didn't pan out. (laughs) You know, it's very difficult to get into that. You know, uh, yeah, I would call Dan Deo a lot all the time. His his office. Try mm-hmm. to get. I mean, obviously, never talked to him. I would try to contact all these different people in any way possible, but it just didn't work out. And you know what? Uh, I noticed. Wow, there's this amazing thing uh, growing with IndieGoGo and Kickstarter. This awesome mm-hmm. independent uh, renaissance in a way. And so I just jumped on, and uh, here we are today with my first full length story i've never shown anyone a story that's longer than i would say 12 pages but this is not only 30 pages in this part but the Mm. other two parts uh probably a total of 120 pages so it's a it's a a very exciting for me so very exciting so that's my origin story (laughs) cool (laughs) uh
1: yeah so it's funny you brought up new 52 because that's uh that's kind of like what brought chris and i together i mean i wasn't going into comic shops in college until i saw the new 52 and there was like that whole split between the old fans and the new fans of yeah. like uh oh, man this isn't my batman but it's like yeah you guys might be old and grumpy about this but look how many people are coming to comic shops now you know like right. it, almost, it changed everything yeah, uh, And now those fans are, are you know, fans of the older stuff too, because they're like, oh, there's all these other stories that you can read.
2: Yeah. It's uh, funny how though, like now we're 10 years out from when they made that change almost, right. I mean, right. 2011 yep. and we're right back to where we were. It's almost like we're right back to, it's yep. still like everyone got angry for really no reason because, you know, what look like we've got Teen Titans back. We have, mm. you know, uh, basically Batman's at the same point. Okay, I don't know about that. I haven't read yeah, the Tom Tank, though. Yeah. But I know Alfred's dead, and that's mm-hmm. a, the whole thing. But, uh, you know, uh, Superman's pretty much at the same that he was at 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very interesting how everything kind of comes back. And the New right. 52, as much as it influenced people and made people angry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, also is kind of like pointless now because no one ever DC talks about it like oh it was a huge mistake and it's odd but you know what it yeah. brought me on and I uh, hope they reprint those books because you know uh I hope they keep reprinting them because they're good they're really good stuff and they right. were able to get a lot of cool books out I think you know like mm-hmm. Tony Daniel got to write his own Deathstroke like that's yeah. so awesome I mean I yeah, get that it was kind of kind of goofy but like mm-hmm. dude this is one of the best comic artists ever Right. And it, it was a, it gave a lot of people um, freedom. And, yeah. and that's a beautiful thing. So, you know, for as much as people say, oh, you know, like, Teen Titans sucked, and it did. But at the same time, Brad <laughs> Booth's artwork is amazing. So, you right. know, you kind of have to juggle, kind of have to go through it and say, well, this was good, this was not so good. And anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so then, I mean, you... You discovered early on like, okay, this thing's happening with Kickstarter and Indiegogo um, and like creator own comics are really popular. And I mean, you've seen like Image Comics, their sales go up every year. So there's that there's that mm-hmm. kind of demand for uh, creator own stories that aren't necessarily like people in capes. So uh, you oh, decided yeah. to fund your book through Indiegogo because of that?
2: Um. Yeah, you know, I've never, I mean, I like superheroes a lot. I love them, and they, I think there's some amazing stories with them. But I've just personally never felt drawn to telling stories with superheroes. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know why exactly. It's hard for me to get into the mind of a character who wants to fight crime just because, I mean, because of, you know, I, whether it be a tragedy or whether it be because they have powers— I just feel like maybe eventually I'll get to that point. But I like telling stories that are just very interesting to me at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what this one is uh, indefinitely. But um, yeah, man, in crowdfunding, I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew that it was going to be a challenge, Uh, just like anything worth working for is a huge challenge. And it is. There's no doubt about it. Um, But it has a lot of benefits if you can make it happen and you can get a lot of people Um, you know, it's a community effort. You know, the thing is, it's like the more you give to a campaign, the more you get. So that's the beautiful thing about, especially Indiegogo. And I find that it's a, it's kind of a, um, it's not just me writing the book. It's more of a communal experience because even with my book now I have people, uh, there's a tier where you can create your own character. Uh, you're, you know, you can submit a family portrait, of Christmas portrait and it can be put in the book. So it, it's a very, very uh, interesting process that I would not have been able to have. And mm. I definitely don't want to take it for granted, you know? Uh, and I, I honestly don't see any other way to get books out anymore other than this way. You know uh, it's, it just seems like the only way. Mm.
0: So with that, the book is brick a which is a Christmas fairy tale story. Yes. Um, so tell the people about it.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, this book is, uh, basically a combination of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, Frosty the snowman, uh, those classic, uh, Rankin and Bass puppet, you know, kind of the puppet from the 70s stuff, mm-hmm. and, uh, that kind of tone, that kind of plot structure, plus Star Wars and that intergalactic, um, excitement and fun and, uh, uh, you know, all that, all that good stuff that, and so those are, it's basically a mix mash of those two things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about a planet Christmas that happens to have a massive war going on, uh, between different factions, the Nutcrackers who are going after a resource underneath, uh, planet Christmas and, uh, basically trying to conquer it. So they are pretty much the, the empire. In wow. this, but you know, as in with Star Wars or with any war, there's different sides. So obviously, right. there's a rebellion against the Nutcrackers because they're tyrannical, um, and then there's another side. There's a good, uh, good King Wenceslas who he thinks, well, you know, there's a war going on. I have the most powerful army. Why don't I, you know, wage like? Why don't I? Get my make my goal uh ha, you know try to achieve my goal uh by means of you know trying to make alliances and it, it's it's kind of uh it's very star warsy in that way i definitely mm-hmm. would say that's why it's kind of tied in with star wars and how uh the war it's it's simple uh it's not like incredibly complicated but it's also a kind of a contemporary kind of issue because it's a war of resources it's a war of um that kind of stuff and there's a lot of different sides there's uh The Rebellion, uh, Nutcrackers, as I said, and also, you know, Sugar Plum Fairies and all these different uh, kinds of creatures you know and love, but definitely changed in a way that you've never seen before. I pretty much guarantee that you've never seen um, this kind of uh, take on even Father Christmas. Uh, So uh, yeah, that's pretty much in essence what the story is. It's things you knew, but changed in a way that is very unfamiliar. So,
1: (laughs) It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Chris, you backed it already, right? Come on. This is, <laughs> this is right in reality. So, <laughs>
0: so um, before we get into too much with the uh, the art and everything, I did want to bring up this book originally was on Kickstarter. We talked about it on the show, what, three or four weeks ago? I yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you have an a interesting story to tell there for potential creators because you put it on Kickstarter and you had a successful Kickstarter. That's right. But at the end of the day, something happened. Do you, yeah, um, we well,
2: yeah, we'll go. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of just got trolled a little bit. I guess some someone kind of came in and they were uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, I uh, I I want to make your book successful." And I know that they had good intentions, but I guess they di- they just pledged a whole bunch of money and got me over my goal, and um, it was they didn't have it, you know, and I, I was like. Yeah, it was rough. It was really rough and uh it was odd, really strange because it's like why would you do that? But you know, um I know th- I know that I was out of good intentions. I I guess I just they didn't understand or maybe they just uh thought I would get um the residuals of the money, but they pledged uh like 50% of the project so I had to refund everyone. Oh wow. So yeah, it was tough. <clears throat> it was hard, <clears throat> but honestly in the end um, it, it's just a lesson and it's also just a testament to how important this book is to me. I hope it shows backers and everyone that I would go through a desert without water and, and and to tell the story, you know, I would do anything. And so, you know, even though I'll get, you know, smacked down, that's okay. That's no foul. It's all right. Um, I'm not gonna throw any bad words on that person's name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I believe in. And you know what? That's just life. Mm -hmm. You have to just keep going because the things you, you know, the things you really, really want, the things you need, you have to fight for. And uh, this is something I need. I need to tell this story, you know, so. Cool, man.
0: So, yeah, I just, I thought that was important to bring up just because uh, for everyone out there, like whether you're contributing to a Kickstarter or um, starting your own, it's Mm -hmm. important to know, like these things happen and if you're going to contribute make sure that you actually have the intention of paying what you contribute and <laughs> for, yeah and uh for creators yeah something like this could happen but don't let it Yeah. I that think so, uh yeah um your creative team so how do you get up uh connect with the artists that you uh
2: Yeah man. <laughs> so uh I use Instagram and ArtStation a lot because the two of them have a search for comics especially like specifically so you can hashtag comics on instagram Mm -hmm. and then you can also hashtag or there's a uh genre of art comic art and i found rafael through art station and at the time he was just working on his own book he's he's from brazil he speaks portuguese so the book is lettered in portuguese um but i was astonished by it's called black desert and it's um he uses a lot of neon colors. It right. was, it's, it's like looking at candy. It was literally like looking at something edible. And right. I love that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I have to talk to this guy. I have to uh, message this guy. And I messaged him and I, we were talking about the story, building up ideas. At the time, the story was actually placed on Earth. Um, which obviously now it's not. So, you know, that just is a testament to the idea of like, you have to sit with things for a while, you have to grow with them and you have to let them form in your mind a little bit more. Cause you know, if we had finished the story then, um, you know, I just don't think it would have been as, uh, well thought out as it is now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, you have to sit with stories for a while and sometimes you'll know when the right time is to bring it out. And uh, so then, you know, we worked and talked about it. And finally, we just got it going. Um, I think the first thing I did was I uh, had my friend Tom, uh, who I also met through Instagram, do the cover. So he did not only the Nutcracker cover that you have probably saw on Kickstarter, but he also did this Father Christmas cover. And so showing that to Raphael really got the excitement up. And we started immediately after that. And, um, yeah, we've just been getting pages done and then, uh, we're working on the campaign at the same time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're, uh, he translates a lot of my work, but, um, another thing, you know, I want to, uh, use this campaign as a means of exposing him. I want Mm -hmm. to, I want people to know who he is and I hope, uh, there's a stretch goal that I think if we reach 9,000, it is that, uh, maybe I could get the book lettered in Portuguese. So at least he could put it on webtoon or at least he could print, we could print a hundred copies and let him, um, sell them at, at comic cons where he lives in Brazil. Mm-hmm. I, I, and you know, hopefully, uh, we can do the same for his work, you know, get some of his work in, uh, English, you know, and then maybe use it as, uh, uh a, um, you know, a reward for backers next time. So that, that's another thing. You know, he's just a, a really good friend, a really amazing artist. I'm so privileged to be able to speak with him, to be completely honest. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm astounded. So it's amazing that I got to work. I mean, this is to give you an idea. I feel like when I'm looking at the pages, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But more, you know, I've been sitting with these pages for two months. And yet every time I look at the pages, I find something new. So I think that's, again, just speaks to how, uh, how, how great of an artist he is, both Tom and and Raphael, both, they are just, um, I'm so happy to have them on.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the art is amazing it really, uh, it sets the tone for the story too, for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to find like someone who, who really, really gets what you're trying to do and he Mm -hmm. really gets what I'm trying to do, you know? So, and you can tell he's having a blast. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So how many days do you have left here on IndieGoGo? We've got s- five days. Five, five days left okay. here. Um, I'm in. I'm in Eastern time. I don't know if you guys are, but yeah, yeah. five, mm-hmm. five, five days left. So I think we're gonna make it seventy-one percent. Mm-hmm. That's better than I've ever done before. I think. So uh, you know what? I think we're gonna make it. You know, if we just push hard and
0: yeah. What's the exact date on that
2: I'll end date? That is November 9th. November 9th so I think I I started it at 11 you know Kickstarter gives like a very very specific like oh it's this but uh yeah I started on November uh October 9th at 11 uh a.m. so I think it will be uh November 9th 11 a.m. roughly awesome yeah and we'll share the link
1: with everybody um and it's on Indiegogo Brick and Brack Mm -hmm. you just search for that
2: yeah.
0: So real quick, uh, before we wrap it up, um, tell people some of the uh, different tiers they can jump into as well. Yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, okay. So we have a very, uh, I tried to, because when the campaign grows and grows and grows, you want to make it as simple as possible. Um I I at least I believe I had some early bird specials going on but now we're just getting serious. So uh the first one you can grab a physical copy of the book with reindeer games which is $12 f- plus $5 shipping. Um yeah and but you know you get a digital physical a name in the thank you page and if we reach a 6000 stretch goal you even get a bookmark and there's more and then maybe even an exclusive art print if we reach the other stretch goals. Um, so I want to give you guys the most value possible. Um, mm-hmm. Next up is Nutcracker Suite, which is the only digital offering, digital only offering mm-hmm. where you can get a copy of Brick and Brack. And then you can also get a copy of my old, um, my last, I did a campaign in June uh, for a horror comic anthology that all stories I wrote, ten, eleven 11 stories I wrote and drawn by 11 different people. I thought, you know, they're not like, explicit or anything so you Mm -hmm. know i thought okay i mean i get this is a uh, all ages book but it would be cool to have a digital bundle of my catalog and i figured that would be cool and then the lost christmas eve is kind of a deluxe version if you will of uh the uh the um reindeer games uh it is it includes everything uh digital uh physical and then you get some cool little things holiday card bookmark art print ornament so if we don't reach any stretch goals this is the one where you'll be able to get a book print, uh, a bookmark, an art print, which is the San- the Father Christmas art print above, which is amazing, yeah. and uh, an ornament and a holiday card made by myself. Uh, so, you know, just some cool little things to add some value. Mm-hmm. Underneath the tree is for anyone who's a huge fan of indie comics, pretty much. I figured it's Christmas, so why don't we just get a bunch of other books on so you mm-hmm. get all the previous rewards and then – Six different uh, digital PDFs from people who have really helped me out uh, uh, who are on Kickstarter or Indiegogo who have had books up on there. Um, they're right. kind of like, uh, you know, just like uh, Impossible Jones, uh, Beastlands. I, I believe you guys – did you guys have Curtis Clow on your show Be for Beastlands? I don't know if you guys did. No. Um, I don't know. Uh, but Sneaky Goblins, uh, Ichabod Jones, that kind of stuff. Uh, really, really cool books. Nothing like incredibly – uh explicit or anything like that but mm-hmm. uh yeah super fun stuff and that's just to get some more value tchaikovsky's revenge is all previous rewards and a sketch from Raphael. Oh. so that's a pretty epic thing it's got it's going to be a sketch of a brick a character i'd like to him to like photocopy them so i can use them for promotional art mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. as well you know because you kind of want to uh hit two birds with one stone so next time when i'm campaigning oh i can use this on twitter you know um uh-huh then create a Christmas creature, which is what I've talked to you guys about, um, all previous rewards, and then um, also you get to design your own Christmas fantasy creature that will be in Christmasville um, in this first issue. So, you know, and it might return later because, you know, if your idea is good enough, you know. Um, Yeah. So those are the tiers today as it stands. I don't plan on adding any more uh, until maybe, you know, it gets in demand. Who knows? But anyway, um, that's how it goes right now. Awesome.
0: And Ryan, if all the people out there wanted to follow you moving forward, where could they find you online? Yeah, man, I'm
2: on Twitter now, uh, at Hawk, A-H-A-A-C-K underscore pro. So that's my, uh, I don't know. I'm not that great on Twitter, uh, but I'm going (laughs) to get there. And, uh, you know, uh, pretty much there, you'll be able to find me anywhere else. I try to share everything on all my social media. Uh, you know, like I don't, exclusively have something on Instagram. You know, I usually try to, I'm not a big social media guy. So if I have something and put something out, I'm going to put it everywhere. So, um, yeah, that would be the best place I would say.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody check out Bricker or Brack number one on Indiegogo. And we'll be sharing it under the video and, um, on our page as well.
2: Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I, I yeah. really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Thank you for being on the show, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon about Issue 2 or whatever your next project is.
2: Oh, yeah. Issue 2, man. We're going from April. So, Sorry. yeah, I know oh. it's a Christmas book, but it really is – It we're you know, it's a fantasy book, too. So we're going to go uh, in April, you know, and I'm going to see <clears> – <throat> I think uh, people will be hungry enough and interested enough to see the more fantastical elements of it, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we're embracing with Issue 2. Cool. Issue 1 is an introduction to the world. Issue 2 is definitely – Get into the meat and potatoes, you know. Like this is, yep. what's, and there's some epic battles in that one. So, can't wait to show people. Cool. Awesome. And we're back.
1: Awesome. Check it out, IndieGoGo, brac number one. Fund that crap. Fund that. Looks that... great. It really does. It just looks great. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, the art works well with the story. Um, and you know what? I guess it's time to get into the comic book news.
0: Comics.
1: It's just a crazy thought there. Um, yeah, mostly Marvel news this week. Uh, Spider-Man Noir is getting a new series in March 2020. Margaret Stoll and artist Juan Fer- Ferreira. Ferreira. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. Spider-Man Noir is a pretty cool character, right?
0: I mean, people... It, I'm shocked it took this long. People right. liked him in the movie. Right. Um, people enjoyed the comic. So, yeah. It, I mean, it's... The only shocking part is it took so long. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's they should do more of these little one shots of different multiverse Spider Mans, especially with the popularity of Into the Spider Verse, both mm-hmm.
1: in the movie and the comics. Um, this is pretty cool. X Men slash Fantastic Four, which will launch in February twenty twenty. Creative team is writer Chip Zdarsky with art by Terry and Rachel Dodson. So it's going to be like a crossover book.
0: So, I'm super excited
1: for this. One, because I love
0: Chip. Yeah, he's a great writer. Two, because... Well, okay, there's multiple reasons. So, two, Chip did a Marvel 2-in-1 book Mm -hmm. years ago, which led into the rebirth of the Fantastic Four recently. And that was some of the best Fantastic Four I've ever read. Cool. Um, And then, lastly, this was teased in the House of X, Powers of X uh, event Mm -hmm. that led into the Jonathan Hickman X-Men, where... Uh, the son of uh, Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm is a mutant. Oh, uh, okay. So he is welcome into Krakoa and uh Xavier let them know that, like, you know, he is welcome here. This is his home. Um, and they're going to really look into that in the story. So mm. uh, I it, it's cool to get kind of a they teased it and now they're gonna really do it in the comic and you got a great team behind it. So I'm really excited for this book.
1: Cool. Um, yeah, and I'd probably actually pick it up. I've been waiting for some solid Fantastic Four stuff. Uh, and yeah,
0: I- anyone out there, uh, solid Fantastic Four stuff. Marvel 2-in-1, it's just uh, the thing in Johnny because it's pre-the-Fantastic Four coming back to the main 616. Mm-hmm. But it's some of the best Fantastic Four stuff. I absolutely loved it. It was a shame that Chip didn't get a chance to write Fantastic
1: Four proper. Mm-hmm uh marvel's bringing back giant size x-men as a limited series from writer jonathan hickman and a series of artists including russell dodderman each issue will focus on a single x-men character now i think that's a cool idea
0: yeah it really is and the dodderman one is going to be gene gray uh and it's just a giant size x-men has a long history past yeah everybody knows it and then b it gives uh it gives Hickman a chance to dive into single characters a little bit more and explain more of where they are in the current continuity. So it's a Hickman book and it ties into everything he's doing with X-Men. So I'll be checking it out obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems like you're starting off with Russell Dodderman. You got a great
1: art team there. so. Yeah, I think, I think it's great. Um, Yeah. And Marvel announces a new Spider-Man miniseries spinning out of amazing Spider-Man. Uh Amazing Spider-Man Daily Bugle. It's going to be a 5-issue series. Writer is Matt Johnson. Artist is Mac Chater. Um the series aims to give us an inside look at investigative journalism in the Marvel universe. What do you think it's about an that? Interesting
0: idea, but I don't know yeah. how it's going to pan out.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure. It's like first thing, I feel like they have to create drama within the Marvel universe. <laughs> is there anything like controversial going on with I guess we'll find out, but like um I don't
2: know.
0: Yeah i I wonder. This would be a good idea to do around an event sometime. Right. Just do Daily Bugle. Like, you know, what was the last event? War of the Realms. War of the Realms Daily Bugle and how they handle um covering something of that magnitude. Uh, Doing it on its own, I just I wonder how it's what's going to happen with it. So, but it is a a cool idea. I just they need to stick the landing with it. Yeah. And it's a creative team I have never heard of, so that doesn't help me getting excited for it.
1: Yeah. Cool, man. Um, more Spider Man. That's what Marvel's doing. More, more. A lot of Spider Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is kind of, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Batman slash Catwoman has been pushed back by a few weeks. Tom King said he feels like they have a Dark Knight Returns caliber book. Come on. Yep and while it's every issue drawn by clayman so they're giving him time to get ahead of these releases the second part of that i'm really okay with because clayman's art is amazing
0: yeah and not uh, quick i made a typo a few
1: months it's going to be pushed back a few, few months. months oh yeah okay A few months this is more significant but like yeah i mean this is like he does he, and this and this reality just like say it's delayed because of art don't say it's delayed because like you feel like you have a dark character. Why even say that? Like you don't need to say that part. Just blame the art and just be move on with it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I pulled that part out specifically, but he said like I think this is of the caliber of some of stuff we've done in the past, like Vision and um, Mr. Miracle, and then you throw in Dark Knight Returns. Like you're throwing in three, you know, two books. I okay, I've never read the two, but everyone says they're great. Right. One, one. I think both of them are Eisner Award winning books, and then you're throwing one of the all time great books. It's like a holy
1: grail. There. Yeah.
0: So now you've set the bar.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, come on <laughs> I I'm going to wait this one out, I think.
0: <laughs> I I want to get it just for multiple reasons. I always miss out on his mini series or his maxi series. Mm-hmm. Um and this is finally one that I can get excited for and he's bringing phantasm into it. So I'll I'll, I'll get it just to see what they're doing with phantasm.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: but it, yeah, just say it's delayed because we added pages and we want Clayman to do the whole book. We don't want fill-in artists. Yeah, and leave it there because you have set a bar that I don't know if you can reach.
1: You can't just say Dark Knight Returns and like drop the mic. You know, that's like no. Like, okay, I still love everything that
0: Miller does with right. the Dark Knight Returns universe, but not even Miller can say that my next book is going to be as good as Dark Knight. Yeah, Returns, no, that's and I'm going to believe him.
2: Right? Yeah. So. It's, even
1: like yeah. Grant, even Grant Morrison doesn't say shit like that. You know what I mean? It's like it's, I don't know. It's it's weird. it's a rookie mistake, Tom. Yeah, yeah, rookie move, Tom. <laughs> Bold move, con. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> um, and that being said, we'll talk about the the comics we read this week. I I didn't have that many. Um, oh, actually, I did. I, I forgot about the bat. It's weird. Like when I look at my poll list, Batman annual like doesn't pop. The annuals don't pop up like my normal books. Um, so I didn't read Batman. But I did read Tales from the Dark Multiverse, uh, Death of Superman. That was uh, that was pretty wild. So, I mean, just from, like, issue one and two so far of these Dark mul- Multiverse stuff, uh, this series has been great. And like Chris said, it's, it's basically the Marvel, it's the DC version of What Ifs. Um, but this, I mean, it's so cool. We get it... So this time we get a take on the uh, the death of Superman, and you know as we as we see it, like Superman dies, uh, Lois Lane gets really mad, and um, uh, what's his name? Not the Annihilator. Uh, why can't I think? Eradicator. The Eradicator. <laughs> Thanks. The other menacing word. The Eradicator shows up and is like, "Oh yeah, I tried to um, try to revive Superman." But now I'm, I'm becoming unstable. she's like, oh, just bond with me so I can take vengeance. And then she starts killing all, like, all the villains, which is pretty odd. Like, she's not just killing them, like burning them alive with her heat <laughs> mission. Um, kills Batman. It's pretty cool. Uh, flies Lex Luthor up into the sun, which is super metal.
0: Yeah, there's, uh, there's a moment in there, too, where she realizes how much Superman holds back right i love that moment because it shows kind of the willpower of superman and how he has all this power but he holds Mm -hmm. back because he doesn't think that he should be the it's it's the predicament that got us into the injustice universe like he didn't want to be the the all supreme leader of everything so it was a cool story um and I like the idea of the grieving widow who gets all the power of Superman and then just goes ape shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool.
1: Um, I I read uh, the new Joe Hill imprint um, is at DC this starting this week, and well, and, oh, I guess last week, but um, Basketful of Heads is the first issue one, and it was really good. Um, it sets up this you know small town in Maine. And it's just like you know Joe Hill or Stephen King to set up a story in New England somewhere, um, but he's he's a, a like a like a deputy intern at the local police station. I think this book is set in like the nineteen fifties or sixties. I want to say um, it probably says the date. I just don't remember. But uh, he's he's pretty much wrapped up with the summer, wrapped up with his like internship, and his girlfriend comes to visit him in town. Meanwhile, these escaped convicts get out. Uh, people are dying and missing all over the. Um, town and they the end of the episode there's like a there's going to be a a conflict between him and his girlfriend and they're going to run into the two escaped convicts. Uh, So we're going to see how it plays out. There's also I'm not sure but there's almost almost like a teetering of something on the supernatural um, just because like uh, they talked about like seeing girls you know like he references like a murder of someone killing themselves and there's a lot of there's a couple references to like jumping off a bridge so I don't know I think there's there's gonna be some type of supernatural or thriller element and it's not just gonna be about escaped convicts, but it's it was great. It was a great first issue. I'm gonna keep reading it. Cool. Um did not get to read Silver Surfer Black. Um I think that was it. Yeah. That's all I got.
0: Well, because we did a show last week, I pulled a few books from last week just. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But uh Batman Superman number three was last week.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, yeah, great issue.
0: Yeah, a lot of Superman trying to hold back while he has the Joker toxin inside of him. Yep. And uh, it shows how much Batman doesn't trust his will, his willpower, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, And we get the, the Blue Beetle that's been turned by the Batman
1: who laughs. Yeah, that was a crazy reveal, right? I'm like, who can be the next one He's like Blue Beetle? And then he kind of like infects everything like a virus.
0: Yeah, and I like that the Joker toxin is basically acting somewhat as a truth toxin as well yeah and he says everything that everybody thinks about blue beetle i'm <laughs> <to laughs> yeah, like right you guys think i'm a joke you think i'm not a hero and this and that um but it was yeah it was nuts so really enjoyed that issue and uh, i just gotta say it uh joshua williams or no i'm sorry david marquez the artist mm-hmm. these last three issues have been i said it in the first issue but th- some of his best work it's
1: yeah. the art is so it good. is really good um, Freedom Fighters number 10 from last week. Did you read that? I didn't that? get to that, no. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's some books from last week, but uh, that was a great issue. Pretty much the build-up to the final fight between um, Overman and uh, Uncle Sam. And that That's pretty much where we're at. Everybody, the whole team's met up. Uh, they're ready to fight. They talk about how... Um, uh, the person on the team, what's his name, Blackhawk, uh, took the Plastic Man serum, and it's gonna like kill him eventually. So that's like the big reveals. Like he's eventually gonna die now that he's taking the serum uh, because his like body can't handle it. Uh, but for now, they have to use the serum to their advantage. So there's a really cool fight um, with like Uncle Sam grows like thirty feet tall and starts like fighting tanks and stuff. It's just it's it's so great. Um, Curse of the White Knight. I don't think I got to that last week.
0: I did. It was a good issue. Yeah. Um Yeah, so it's the the big reveal there is um Jim Gordon is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a really like it's supposed to be a sombre moment, but because I do a Batman podcast and we joke about it so much, it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um But there's you know, Barbara is pissed. Like she's at the point where it's like, no, we need to get rid of this Azrael guy. We can't right. just do our normal thing. And uh dick is talking to her like you know if you need someone to talk to like bruce and i know what it's like to lose parents yeah and in my head i read it as like you know the only one who's lost her parents barbara yeah come on barbara <laughs> you can't just get you can't be like that <laughs> but there's a really epic fight uh between batman and Azrael in there and cool. it's that. yeah those uh white knight books are so
1: good yeah I- I, they're really in the art and your own Batman Arts. Uh, I actually read Year of the Villain, Black Adam, last week. I don't know if you picked that one up. I did not. Uh, the, like I, I'm going to keep saying, it, those Year of the Villain books, fantastic. Um, it actually crosses over with the Batman Superman book, so you might want to pick it up. But it mm-hmm. it basically shows Black Adam and uh, Kandok, and uh, he's he's pretty much like the king of the country or, or where they are, the village, and um, which I mean. I He's, he's probably got, like, a god complex or something like that, which he does. Um, and, you know, Shazam, we know from Batman vs. Superman, is infected with the Joker virus, so who does he want to go beat the shit out of the most? And he wants to go fight Black Adam. So basically, um, infected Shazam shows up, and he's, he beats the shit out of, he's way stronger than Black Adam. But, like, in the meantime, like, Black Adam keeps talking to his people, like, you need to, like, they're shooting him with machine guns and stuff, shooting Shazam, and they're not doing any damage. He's like, I need you to keep him like, distracted so I can fight him, And he basically fights them till the morning. And when the sun is rising, they talk about, like, all the gods, like, you know, that um, Black Adam represents different gods rather than Shazam. So one of the gods they leave out is, like, I don't know, the god of prayer or something. So all, all the villagers keep praying, and it, like, increases his power. I don't know if it's, like, the sun god or something like that. But when the sun rises, he becomes more powerful and he's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of a foolish boy and you don't realize that. Um, and he like, he pretty much beats the crap out of, of Shazam and gets him to like, like get out of his Joker. Um, tries to like knock some sense into him pretty much. It was a really good issue. And it talks about like, and there's, it wraps up with like, uh, Black Adam talking to one of the, um, the generals in his army and stuff like that. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um and then I had Second Coming issue four, mm-hmm. uh, and I really love this issue. It's so we got um Jesus in prison, oh. and he's got his uh, cellmate, mm-hmm. and that's a majority of the issue. Uh, the the stuff with Sunstar is him kind of getting his Justice League together to go find Jesus. Oh. Um, and there's a funny saying in there he's like we gotta go find jesus and then everybody looks at him he goes no like literally we gotta go find jesus (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but jesus is in jail and he's talking to his cellmate and his cellmate is this guy whose last name is acorn and there's a great joke in there where acorn apparently murdered and ate his family and that's why he's in prison and jesus goes what'd you do to get in here and he says well i ate acorn acorns and he's like i didn't know that could get you in prison <laughs> but he gets a hold of a copy of the bible and he starts reading through it and says like this isn't my message this isn't what i said and then he's like i don't know any of these people why are they writing my words for me mm-hmm. and it was kind of a, a an interesting dialogue of as people know that the bible is written years after jesus was around mm-hmm. um And it's an interesting dialogue of like the the old telephone game, like generations went by and then people wrote about them. So some of the stuff got lost in translation Mm -hmm. and him kind of saying like, this isn't my message. Um, A really great issue is a real thinker. um, But I just, I'm loving this book because it's addressing a lot of my issues with Christianity and, addresses a lot of my thoughts with Christianity. I think like Mark Russell and I have uh, a similar thought pattern when it comes to religion. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really, I just highly recommend the book. I love it. Um, And then one I want to recommend to you personally, Mike, as well as everyone out there, but the amazing Spider-Man full circle, it's a big old book, but it has. So creative team includes Jonathan Hickman, Greg or Jerry Duggan, Nick Spencer, Mike Allred, Kelly Thompson, Al Ewing, chip sadarsky jason aaron mark bagley and it goes on from there it's basically a annual but a little bit bigger and it's multiple short stories that lead into one bigger story and it's essentially spider-man versus werewolves Nice. so he finds this uh this group um aim who has these uh, underground facilities underneath uh, amusement parks, and finds out that they're creating werewolves, and turns the whole world into werewolves. And it's just a cool story. It doesn't. It's told as a untold story from Spider-Man's past. Um, we get the original Nick Fury in here and everything, but I just think it's a cool one book story that anybody can grab and get into. Cool. Um, we finally got issue four of Scorriors, and I loved it. Oh man. It was a big old battle between the Maw and the other clan. Yeah. And it's great. So, Scoriers is back. We're oh. supposed to be getting issue 5 before the end of the year. We'll see. I don't expect
1: <laughs> us to. Yeah, it's been a while, too.
0: But I'm really happy that Scoriers is back. Um, Venom number 19 came out, and it's tied into Absolute Carnage. And uh, we get... why Sleeper is uh, a cat now. And we get kind of a an inkling that there's something wrong with Eddie Brock's son. That he's not normal. Hmm. Um, so that was basically it. A lot of the other stuff was just like showing the other side of what's going on in Absolute Carnage. But uh, it did set up a mystery that it looks like they're going to talk about months down the line. The ending for Contagion came out. So four came out last week, five came out this week. And it all comes down to Moon Knight, which I love um so moon knight has to infiltrate this fungus and he does it by being infected Mm -hmm. because he comes to the idea that you know i'm the most equipped of anyone here to deal with multiple personalities and they figure out that the fungus is uh absorbing people's personalities and minds and trapping them in this world so he goes in there and defeats them that way um it was a, a cool little five issue weekly book um i don't think it's gonna blow anyone's socks off but i did enjoy it and i'm just i like moon knight so i love the ending
1: nice
0: uh zombie time dc's number six is the last issue of the series and it deals with when superman becomes a zombie um so we get everyone going to the arc and trying to get people off the planet to move on and during that uh damien and wonder woman come together to come up with a plan to de- defeat superman and damien has you know batman's old plans of how to defeat superman and we get kind of reveal here that wonder woman says to him like batman's not the only one who's thought about how to defeat his uh colleagues and she has an idea too so she combines a chunk of kryptonian uh or kryp- kryptonite with magic and creates a sword out of it and that's how she's going to defeat him Mm. um and (laughs) there's some good one-liners from green arrow in this issue too and uh but at the end of the day they don't defeat superman and diana prince becomes infected and has to fight cyborg who's patient zero and she reveals to cyborg that all along you were the one that could have stopped this you were patient zero you had it in you to stop this and then kills him well um all in all deceased was fun uh if you're like me and you like zombies and you like superheroes and you like marvel zombies then you're probably gonna like deceased pretty much um speaking of marvel zombies oh. I have marvel zombies resurrection number one more zombies for you kids um yeah i got to read two in one day it was fantastic <laughs> Uh, so this is setting up what the new marvel zombies is going to be um we get a call from captain marvel and there's a we find out that galactus is dead and he's just floating around so they want all the heroes to come there to collect him and destroy him so that nobody can take his technology and his power and use it for bad well when they get there they find out that uh captain marvel is a zombie the whole time and it's kind of just the beginning of the outbreak. So they have to go inside of Galactus, which was kind of disgusting, but whatever. And <laughs> look through him.
1: We're inside you.
0: And they find out that uh, Carol and some of the other heroes were zombified during that time. Oh. So I'll be interested to see where it leads. But this is really just kind of an origin of you know where the how the universe got infected to begin with. you didn't read it but silver surfer black i read it Uh, i didn't get to it yet damn it um it's tough to talk about this book some great art and we get kind of the conclusion the big climactic battle that doesn't really have an ending but we end with silver surfer in a way that we kind of expected him to end at the end of this and it definitely is leading into what Donnie's doing with Absolute Carnage and Venom and a few mm-hmm. other things. So I would expect Silver Surfer to show up soon in those books. Cool. Um, sorry, I got a lot this week. Journey to Star Wars: The Rise of the Skywalker. Star Wars Allegiance Number Four. <laughs> That's a lot. Of um, fun. so this this series has just led has basically put us where we're gonna start with Rise of Skywalker. And it kinda harkens back to something that happened in old Star Wars comic where during the rebellion they had to go to uh Moncala to get the ships and now the resistance is going back there and hoping that they'll help them to fight the First Order. And we end it in a way where they get their ships, they get away, and different players are in different places and it's not a great book It really isn't, but it was a Star Wars book, and it was a Star Wars book that led into the movie. So I see why it ended the way it did, Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say go out and get it unless you're like me and you're a Star Wars whore.
1: (laughs) Star whore.
0: Leave those for last. Another recommendation for you from DC Black Label, The Last God, book one. Yes, yeah, Fire Chronicles. Mm-hmm. This was a um, who was it? Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's a novelist. Yeah, and this was he described it as his D and D campaign. Oh, so it's a, a fantasy-driven book with a lot of dark fantasy, which I loved. The art is amazing. It whoever who did the art, Ricardo Federiki, mm-hmm. um, killed it on it. It's some amazing art, and it's a lot of really dark dungeons and Dragons style fantasy
1: Um, are these are these like uh new characters he created yes Uh, so
0: that was another thing this seems like something you would see at like a vertigo mm -hmm. but it's under the dc black label so it's interesting that it's there mm -hmm. um but i highly recommend it for anyone that loves fantasy especially dark fantasy um we get kind of a background of where what happened in this world and who the lead characters are and where they're heading. Um, Like any good first issue, but I don't really want to spoil too much because I just absolutely love this book and I want people to go check it out.
2: Mm.
0: And then two more Excalibur number one. So I originally was going to pick Excalibur up, but it's part of the X-Men universe stuff and it involves Captain Britain. So I was, I'll check it out. Um, This book just shows us where, how Psylocke becomes Captain Britain and how Captain Britain is uh, taken by Morgan LaFlay to the other world and turned into a Black Knight. Um, I really liked it because I like uh, Captain Britain lore. And I think the team's kind of cool too. It's Psylocke, it's Gambit, it's Rogue, and uh, Apocalypse is on the team too. So enjoyed it. But um I would take my recommendation with a grain of salt. If you're not a big uh, Captain Britain fan, you probably won't enjoy it because it is steeped heavy in Captain Britain stuff, but I did really enjoy it. <laughs> and then I'll end. Oh, with Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino's Joker killer smile book one.
1: I did see that too. Yeah. How was that? Um, this
0: one, it was okay. Um, I like Orange Sorrentino's work, uh, his art and them as a team i've enjoyed over the years this is it's another kind of story with a psychiatrist talking to joker and how joker is really good at fucking with people Mm -hmm. Um, and he finds ways to kind of make the man go a little bit insane in his own way cool um i'll continue it because i like the team up um the book wasn't that bad And even though it is an oversized, like prestige-sized book, it's not as thick as a lot of the other prestige-sized books, like uh, Superman Year One or Harleen. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a quicker read. But it's an interesting little dive into how the Joker sees himself and just knows how to push people's buttons in ways that nobody else does. Cool. So, Mike. With that, where can people find you on those internets?
1: Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show, Chris?
0: They can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, or they can find the show FCN underscore official on Twitter. You can also find everything we do right there on this handy dandy website called FortressComicNews.com. And remember everybody, if you want to support us further, Patreon.com slash FortressComicNews, where you can find my other show, the Bat Friends podcast, three days early. And very soon, you'll be able to get an exclusive podcast from Mike and me called The Amazing Mike and some other guy named Chris. So go there, check it out. And if you want to support us there, we greatly appreciate it. Remember, uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or any other podcatcher, five-star review really helps us out. um, And share with a friend. And if you're watching on YouTube, do like, subscribe, share, and comment down below. So with that, everybody, I want to thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week.
1: Nice.